Well, good morning to you and uh, welcome again to this next episode of The Money Minutes. Um, just one thing that is quite clear as you're going around the place, and what should I say, um, uh, good to be with you again. I'm Ross Greenwood, as you know, uh, doing this podcast as a bit of an experiment, as I've said to you. Your feedback is always very welcome. Uh, some people have said we can't uh, hear it on the Apple um system. Uh, we're trying to work that out and also on uh, Google. We're trying to work that one out as well for you. So uh, thank you so much for those people who have persisted with us. We're actually using a new platform. In fact, we've gone with the Aussie platform, Wooshka, uh, that's run by an old mate of mine, Rob Lowenthal, as distinct from going with Anchor, which seemed, to be honest, a bit easy to do on the iPhone, uh, which is what I'm doing at the moment. But uh, as I say, I'm trying to go a little bit uh, upmarket with all this stuff. Anyway, give us your feedback. We'd love to hear from it. Uh, markets today are going to take off in a big way, uh, and it just shows to me how investors, particularly big investors around the world, are you know almost hanging on to any small piece of good news. It just goes to show that people fundamentally are optimists. Uh, now, the company at the very heart of the big stock market jump, both overnight in the United States, here in Australia, we're starting to see it as well, is a company called Moderna. Now, this particular company I've been following since about, well, February this year when coronavirus first broke out. I was watching that one and Gilead in particular, uh, mainly because they seem to be most advanced in the types of uh, uh, sort of treatments, uh, you know, to create a vaccine. Because... As I said earlier on, until you get a vaccine, you do not get a proper opening up of the economy. And as a result, you get a second phase of the economic downturn that happens. It's inevitable. It must happen and still will happen. This is the interesting thing about this. I mean, do remember, as I keep on pointing out to you, that the uh, the economy in Australia took four years to fall into recession after the 87 share crash. Um, right now, what are we in? Three, four months afterwards. But the point about Moderna and the fact that they're suggesting now that there could be an immune system response uh, to fight off coronavirus um, from a very small sample of human volunteers. Think about what that is. It's a small uh, group of human volunteers, the very first. So this is actually encouraging. Um, but the truth is then you've still got to manufacture that vaccine. And so the impact of it really is very important. I know with the vaccine, in fact, that uh, CSL, the CSIRO, and here in Australia also Johnson & Johnson, suggesting that they might have technology that could allow uh, the very fast production of vaccines, certainly for the Australian community, but probably for the rest of the world as well. Um, but the point is, it, look, it's, it's good news on one phase, but this is a phase one trial. They're going to fast track now phase three tests where there'll ultimately be thousands and thousands of, uh, uh, you know, sort of patients that will actually uh, have the trials upon them. But here's the fact of the matter is that the response around world stock markets is literally in the trillions of dollars to this news. Uh, but if you contemplate that the uh, coronavirus now, uh, four, peop four million people have been infected, more than 300,000 uh, people have, uh, have died as a result of it. It means that the efforts to try and find this vaccine, as you know, has been massive. But just whether the response to that announcement overnight by Moderna justified the stock markets of the world jumping as much as they have, well, I'm not so sure. I really do believe that the delayed effects in the economy are still going to be there. And you just look at the long-term implications of, well, I don't know, even companies changing the, the, the view about whether they need as much office space. 
whether they actually need as many workers as what they once did is a really important part of trying to assess the overall economic impact. And bearing in mind that Australia is less affected medically than many other nations around the world. Then you go to another aspect of this. You see, say, for example, here in Australia, Fortescue shares going to all-time records above $13 yesterday on the back of iron ore prices catapulting. What's that about? Pretty simple. Just like in 2008, China effectively rescued the Australian economy by conducting this enormous infrastructure spend uh, and therefore consuming more steel. Uh, That is exactly what is now expected to transpire this time around. Um, And so really, in many parts of the country, you're going to see things such as more employment in the West, potentially more iron ore development from other mines that might have been let go and developments that were let go at that time. You could even see a significant jump in the Australian dollar. Bear in mind that it was after 2008 that it was the Aussie dollar that jumped back around about one US dollar. So one aspect of this that cannot be forgotten is that if you suddenly get resources starting to pick up, then Australia again will seem to be somewhat isolated from coronavirus and therefore there has to be a dollar impact. Now, notwithstanding the fact that the Reserve Bank, again, the minutes come out today, um, and they're going to be contemplating cutting interest rates even lower from the 0 to 0.25% to literally get them to zero, people even suggesting negative interest rates in Australia. But here's the, here's the interesting part about that. They will cut those interest rates to try and stop the dollar from rising. But if you suddenly get the iron ore price, the energy prices all start in the motor again, and they are right now, then you've got to get a response in the dollar at some stage. As I say, Australia has already spent the best part of $240 billion. That's debts that we've undertaken to try and, if you like, soften the impact of the coronavirus on the economy. And one of the big issues that I've got, and I think we'll spend a bit more time talking about this in future episodes, is, well, what happens when all of a sudden the government wants that money back? How do you take that money back ever Um, without trying to have an impact, an adverse impact on the economy. Of course, the way in which they've tried to do it in the past is to try and take it back during the, the good times. But here's the other aspect of this. If you really want to get that money back, you've got to get the economy motoring again. And that's the reason why the government now has got to really double and triple its efforts to try and get some genuine reform into the Australian economy. They've got a unique period of time where they can actually get a deal with unions and with employers to try and make certain that there are more jobs created by getting business back to work. Remember again, and I keep throwing it at you, the consumer makes up 60% of the Australian economy. And the only way the consumer is confident is if they have work and they think they're going forward. And so here in Australia right now, unless government really does take a very strong position in terms of reforming tax, reforming industrial relations, reform a range of different areas to try and get business back into work. That is going to be the only way you can justify not only share prices where they are right now, but to try and pay back some of that money that the government has already committed to overcome the coronavirus. So I say, we're trying a new platform today. Plenty of feedback. Give it to us if you've got it. Uh, love to hear from you. Uh, and of course, we'll distribute this via Twitter, via Facebook, everywhere, so you can get in contact. Tell me if it's worthwhile. Uh, love to hear from you. See you tomorrow.